0: Hey. hey! Hey!
1: There you are. How are you? How's ya? it
0: going? Good, good. How are you?
1: I'm good. How have you been? We haven't talked in um, a while.
0: Yeah, I know. It's been ages. I'm doing good, though. Um, I mean, as good as you can during a quarantine. Um, yeah, I've been keeping busy, uh, reading a lot, meditating a lot, um, playing a lot of video games, you know. What,
1: the, what have you been playing?
0: Oh, man. I've been deep in the RPG hole. I've been playing, uh, like, some. Uh, Neverwinter Nights, Baldur's Gate, like old RPGs from like the the 90s, which is pretty sick. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: well, we're getting some people joining. Uh, so welcome, everybody who's joined so far to the 18th episode of A Chat with Matt. I still wow. can't believe i made it that far. Here we go. Uh, today, I'm joined by the illustrious, the legendary, the also oh. very, very nice person, that is Cody Bowles of Crownlands. Thank you for joining me today.
0: Thanks for having me, honestly. Oh, just it's a nice
1: little reunion, getting to catch up, seeing what you guys are Oh, man. Been, uh, yeah. Like, ages. So, why don't you just give a quick summary of who we are, what you do, and all that kind of stuff.
0: Right. Um, my name is Cody. I'm one half of a duo called Crownlands. We're um, based out of Oshawa, Ontario, and uh, we play really loud rock and roll. <laughs> about um, I'm the... Yeah, I'm, I'm the drummer, singer of of the group, and Kevin, my counterpart, plays um, guitars, keys, synths, bass, and pretty much anything else.
1: He really is—he really is a wizard, isn't he? I always say that. But...
0: Yeah, yeah, he is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or or some people call him like Chewbacca or something. You know, he's like he's like in between. He's a bit of both. He's got that like wild streak, but he's very he's very wise.
1: No, yeah, that's very true. So, Cody, yeah. you guys have had quite a significant few years. Obviously, mm-hmm. you've hit a lot of uh, highs and you've hit a lot of milestones. What's the in terms of shows? What's the one show highlight for you that always sticks out as holy shit? This is like the next level kind of stuff.
0: I think it's when uh, when we played with Jack White. Uh, we were on stage, like side stage, at one of the last shows or whatever. And um, it just kind of hit me that like, holy shit, like this is the guy that I like looked up to when like YouTube came out. I watched like Blue Orchid on repeat like a thousand times with my brother. And like, he just had such a tremendous influence on me um, in many ways. Um, And so when we saw him side stage and it hit me, it was just like, holy shit, like I'm manifesting my own dream here. This is awesome.
1: I mean, yeah, that's the thing. Like, I remember seeing you guys at Wasted Space when Wasted Space was still around. There was only like a small handful of people, and then you, you know, a few years down the road, you're touring arenas across Canada with one of the most influential people in rock. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, very humbling, honestly. Very,
1: very humbling. Yeah. And in terms of the business side of things, what's been a career highlight for you, business-wise?
0: Right. Um, well, the career highlight would be. I mean, it would be only be fair to say that our career highlight is when we um, started with you and you showed us kind of how things, um, you know, how the industry worked, and we kind of like grew together through that. And then when we, when we met our agent, Ralph really set into motion, um, the chain of events that would lead to our universal signing, which was amazing. So, um, honestly, every member of our team that has come in and out is, has been invaluable and an invaluable lesson and, and, um, and understanding how the the industry works, really.
1: Well, well, thank you for saying that. That was very, very nice of you to say. You you guys were obviously a milestone for me as well because it it helped project me to where I am and where I've been going. And a lot of we have a lot of people saying hi and giving love. love. Well, yeah, watch, yeah, I'm just waving. Hey, hey. If any if any of y'all have questions for Cody, feel free to submit them to me, and I will I'll ask Cody about them. But uh, yeah, no, working with you guys was a significant milestone because I was in my third year of MBM. Uh, yeah. Signed, signed with background t- in the year before when I was in second year and then after we kept mm-hmm. going. And it just kept going up and up and it's just now I'm just saying background is it just keeps going up and I'm just beyond happy. And it, it makes me so happy to see you guys come so far and have achieved all these amazing milestones that I know. there's uh, many to come, So
0: thank you so much. Um, yeah, like, that's the goal, right? You just keep expanding and growing, and and it just doesn't really end, you know? Hopefully, I mean, <laughs> that's exactly. the goal. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Right. So, obviously, you guys have played for a variety of killer acts. Jack White, you mentioned. Prime yeah. Cody McCambria. The Who Protests, Hero Rival Sons, and on and on and on and on and on. Is there still someone on that white whale list, the <laughs> Moby Dick, or Ishmael, that you... Yeah. i think
0: um it would be an amazing experience if we could open for king gizzard and the lizard wizard people who know me know that i'm kind of obsessed with that band and i've always been and uh yeah it's definitely a bucket list thing that'd be sick
1: if that doesn't happen in the next couple years that's a crime seriously yeah you, (laughs) you lot deserve to open for king gizzard like my god that'd be an insane show
0: It'd be pretty sick. But I know they're kind of insular with how they like, um, choose their openers, they, they use people on their own label, which makes sense, you know, of course. but, um, but yeah, that's like the pie in the sky, hopefully someday.
1: someday. So yeah. obviously, as well, in terms of speaking of live, Crown Lance has played a variety of small, very intimate club settings, all the way to obviously some of the biggest arenas in Canada. Mm-hmm. Do you do you have a preference in what venues that you guys play like which do you prefer?
0: Oh man, um so it's interesting cuz like they're all varied experiences. When you're playing like a small club, you get the intimacy and the energy, it's right up in your face and it's palpable. But when you're playing something that's kind of medium sized like um I don't know if people are familiar with the phoenix in toronto i'm just i'm very very like it's a very small sample size of people who are maybe watching maybe not be from toronto and not know what i'm talking about but like a medium-sized room kind of like 1200 cap um those kinds of rooms are awesome too i think that's like a sweet spot for me um because like you still feel the energy of the crowd um depending on if there's like a barrier for like a photo pit or not um it kind of in infe- uh, affects the energy but um i feel like those kinds of rooms you feel the energy a lot more because there's obviously more people, but it's not in your face. And you're kind of removed from this thing in the way and like, uh, and the lights really blind you. So you can only see a couple people, but you hear them if they're making noise. And then with stadiums, it's just that, but even more so. So with stadiums, it feels like the 1200 cap room on stage, but um, you have these blinding lights and you know it's a big place and you can hear them. So it's, it's kind of like you get high off that feeling. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, yeah, hey Sally! when you, yep, Sally Shar from MonoWales, absolutely love that band. Yeah, <laughs> uh, joined a little while ago. But uh, I imagine, like when you were sound checking the first time, the first time you uh, sound checked your bass drum, uh, probably scared the shit out of you a little bit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it did. Um,
1: yeah, that was that was a lot. That was a lot to do. <laughs>
0: um, it was a lot to get used to, too, in terms of sound and doing that. Um, it was pretty. A pretty big difference it sounded really off and weird for a while before yeah. it it kind of we kind of dialed into it it was like a couple a couple minutes just like getting tuned to like this big arena as opposed to these small shows that we were so used to playing
1: well i think that, that comes with every room you have to adjust to every room as that's
0: every yeah time. that's it that's it
1: exactly like how the music hall is in oshawa versus how uh like Rum runners is or london music hall or budweiser garden either. Cody, love those pearly eyes. Oh,
0: thank you. Thank you.
1: (laughs) Uh, Sally, I was coming in with confidence. So, obviously, there's been a lot going on. A couple months back, you guys released your comeback single from quite a long break, because Rise Over Run came out in 2017-ish, if I remember that Yeah, And the video dropped. So, what's going on? With y'all now because obviously the pandemic and everything but yeah
0: man we had so much planned like 2020 was like okay let's do it but um yeah i mean the world had other plans obviously and so we we go with the flow um but um so what we're doing now is basically we have more songs coming out and obviously like our live shows are getting pushed back as everyone else's is And um, we're just basically rolling out these new tunes as they feel good. Yeah, I know, right? 2021 is going to be the biggest year. Everyone's going to put out an album. Tool's going to put out music. Maybe. I mean, hopefully. What's up? Hey, Curve. What's up, man?
1: There he is. There's the other half. Yeah. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, so obviously things got pushed back significantly. What's been the experience like working with... A major label as opposed to being an independent unit?
0: Um, so instead of doing everything ourselves, rather I should say everything for Kevin, uh, um, Kevin doing everything basically, <laughs> um, <laughs> every, I- instead of that um, we have more people and we have a whole team of people that we're able to kind of collaborate with on this kind of united vision that we that we all share and um, we work towards goals um, more efficiently and we get things done um, way quicker and way more uh, with, with higher quality. And it's amazing. It's just like, there's no comparison.
1: Well, it's also working with a bigger team and it just makes things a lot more.
0: Yeah, steady. exactly. Yeah. So, the more people you have working on one thing, the, the greater it will be.
1: Absolutely. Uh, obviously you mentioned the outbreak. It's pushed back a lot of your plans. How, in terms of the release schedule, how much has that been pushed? Like, has it been pushed significantly to the point where a lot of it's getting pushed next year? Or are you guys still going to be releasing music here or there?
0: It's really, like, day-to-day things are changing. So, like, it's getting pushed back significantly. Um, and that just keeps happening, you know, like, um, but we're we're going to try to make sure that, like, music is still coming out at a steady pace and um and we're not just kind of dropping off the map to kind of, you know, bring put the whole thing out at once. It's kind of pointless at this point. Mm. So oh, okay. yeah, I mean, like uh it's just like everything's up in the
1: air, right? Nobody knows
0: um when this thing's going to end. So we're just kind of riding it out.
1: Oh, for sure. Is there yeah. poten- is there any potential to salvage any of it for 2020 or you think it's going to be uh
0: Not not. for live performance. Yeah, I don't think, like, I really don't think we're going to be able to even perform live in this year. And that's, like, that's a huge bummer. Like, that spiritually hurts me because it's literally a part of our livelihood. And... And it's literally the thing we live for, you know, we live for that hour on stage, it it gives you this like spiritual connection with, you know, in my case with Kevin, and we get to this awesome musical place that you can't really uh, replicate in even even in an isolated setting. Mm -hmm. So, so it's something that I'm looking forward to getting, uh, getting back to once this whole thing's over.
1: Uh, Kevin summarized what you said very beautifully there with just uh, shit's fucked so
0: shit's fucked yeah
1: (laughs) that's a very Very eloquent yeah it's very good description of your balance like you give these very eloquent detailed profound answers and kevin shows up and just goes yeah shit's fucked
0: (laughs) yeah that's that's kind of sums up like that's a microcosm of our of our uh, relationship there
1: yeah a big thing that you that the band had planned for this year was you're going to go on the road with uh grammy nominated larkin Mm poe When that was announced my mind was blown because like i was hearing so much about larkin polo and i was like yes that is the tour to go see in the uk and europe and that would have been the first time over there yeah yeah we would
0: be there right now actually current we would currently be there and uh i was looking so forward to it because i'd never been i heard so much about the culture obviously growing up you hear so much about it and um i'm still stoked to do it like hopefully next year you know we'll we'll rip (laughs)
1: <laughs> so how how has the band adjusted to the current circumstances in the client or the climate of everything like what are you all doing differently in terms of social media engagement or just how, how have you adapted
0: well um we started out by um having kevin do these like live um acoustic kind of like or live guitar lessons um and like doing more lives and stuff and everyone's been doing that really it's not it has we haven't really changed the uh the formula there but um in terms of social interaction we've kind of just kind of posted like these pictures um just like expressing how much we want to get back to this whole like you know unity of of the concert experience and um and just kind of taking it easy and worked on ourselves and take and, and took this time to, like, really woodshed our 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 individual skills as musicians as well. Because we, we tried for a while, like, you know, writing together, and it was really awkward with, like, the lag and, like, the shitty microphone setups. And, it, you know, it just, it's, something's lost in translation. So we end up sending each other things occasionally. But otherwise, like, you know, we're just, we're working on our own um, uh, musical abilities. And just when we come back together, we'll be like a tight unit even better than before. Hopefully, you know, that's the that's the real goal.
1: Yeah, but uh, uh, Alexa just came in with a question. She's right behind me there. Uh, How is your hair still so perfect during a pandemic? (laughs) Oh, my God. Um, I have a. Hey, Alexa,
0: how's it going? Um, I have a stockpile of really good conditioner. It's amazing. And uh, <laughs> I highly suggest everyone check out Maui Moisture. It is saving, it's saved my ass for years.
1: Write that down, Maui Moisture.
0: It's pretty dope. It's like vegan, cruelty-free, um, sulfate, paraben-free. Pretty dope stuff.
1: Pretty dope. Yeah. So, so, so <laughs> main, one of the main topics I actually wanted to talk to you about today was a Maui, Maui Moisture for the wind from winds. He knows what's up, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, hopefully a brand or partnership can happen in the future. Uh, Man, I hope so. So obviously a, a big part of the band is the message behind it and the platform you've created to speak of right. the important issues that you have regarding Indigenous rights, missing cruelty cruelty towards Indigenous people and missing Indigenous women. How How important do you think it is overall for a band to have some sort of message and story to help push?
0: Well... I think that, you know, if you have the platform of music and if you have the privilege of, you know, whatever you have as a human being, um, it's something that you should highly consider doing is putting a message out there that means something to you and to speak about something, right? To give a voice to something or someone or some people or some way of thinking that you truly believe is right or good. And so like... I feel like if, if you have that power, why not do it? And I think it's the right thing to do. It's just, you know, a personal, uh, a personal thing.
1: Absolutely. So I'm curious, how has the message and platform changed or evolved at all since you guys became more established and signed with a major label?
0: Well, yeah, I mean, the label really allowed us to kind of um, augment that message and reach uh, uh, people that we couldn't before and get more people involved and collaborated with, um, with other people towards like a unified, you know, more clear message. And, um, and it, it's just helped tremendously. Like we have so much, um, we have just so much in store that I can't spoil, <laughs> but, um, there's some cool shit coming.
1: Uh, uh, my favorite thing about you is you go from these very detailed and very like profound things and then you just summarize it at the end with yeah we got some cool shit coming out
0: yeah because <laughs> i feel like i could like ramble forever and then i'm just like okay i gotta like wrap it up <laughs>
1: you, you, i can listen to you ramble all day the way you speak is just very soothing oh thanks <laughs> so obviously a huge thing with you guys is the live show and the live environment and having that connection with each other on stage and with the audience yeah uh how have you watched any or kept an eye on any of the like a lot of the venue closures or a lot of things that's happening in the live circuit
0: i've seen a few and it's like heartbreaking i'm not too sure about like everyone i haven't been that in the loop but i'm i'm sure it's pretty devastating um which which venues closed recently in toronto uh
1: the hideout this ain't hollywood in hamilton chainsaw oh, and the, the
0: hideout nerd. oh no way that's a drag. Damn.
1: Yeah, and there's a couple more. of oh, Fox Lounge called called like temporary closure. I'm not mm-hmm. sure. They're doing figure it down the road. And I know there's a few more coming. I've, I've heard of a couple, and I can't say yet. But I know there's yeah some more coming. But it's I, it's sucks. a little con- it's a little concerning. How how do you think this will change the landscape of live for the next while? Well,
0: live will then become more exclusive, right? Like um. People will have to funnel through these specific venues that haven't happened to close or, or just managed to kind of scrape by into um, to the times where people are able to, like, congregate in groups and attend concerts again. So I feel like um, it'll be more of a big deal and people go more out of the way to kind of go to these things um, because there'll be fewer uh, venues.
1: Uh, is there any concern about possibly a lesser attendance due to people being concerned about possibly contracting the virus or anything like that?
0: But yeah, definitely. I think like initially, you know, once it's opened, like it's gonna be like, there's gonna be like an exponential um, graph of people attending more, you know, less people will attend and then eventually, you know, people will be like, you know, it's not so bad. Like they'll bring their buddy and it'll keep, it'll keep ramping up and hopefully, you know, get back to somewhat uh, normal, I guess, whatever the standard of normal uh, numbers were before. Um, And you know, be enough to sustain artists like ourselves.
1: Mm-hmm. So uh, a big thing that I've been thinking about, and I've been seeing a lot of people talk about is uh, the development of the next generation of artists and having places for them to showcase their growth and talent. Obviously, yeah. do, do you think there might be a drop in that with lesser venues being possibly out there, which means maybe less bands are going to be more inclined to go out and give it a shot?
0: Well, I feel like um, if there's less venues, you know, there'll be more people vying for the same space and the same time slots. And so I think people might, you know, um, shift towards an underground scene of playing houses or like basements and, and backyards and things like that. And people will get creative because like, you know, the the place, uh, a place for like, you know, sanctioned creation of art um, in, in community Um is great but like it, it even if it didn't exist art would persist and art would happen it just it changes the location right the, the location changes and it goes underground and that's cool too um, and people get creative with it but hopefully there's places that you know um, see this and you know band together raise money and open up maybe hopefully like a an all ages um, all ages venues or something because we desperately need those for people just starting out you know get a really green and how um, music works and how the industry works places like those are like a hotbed for like you know growing a healthy music community in my opinion
1: no absolutely like the future of the future of music comes from a lot of those all-ages venues which there hasn't been a lot around for a while like we had wasted space in oshawa for yeah a long time it's,
0: it's so literally where we cut our teeth like we we, we did everything there
1: yeah and, and now we're kind of at a point where like we and then we lost mustache club a couple years back rest in peace mm-hmm. that was a very legendary room for you guys especially yes, in your definitely. career but it's kind of just like it, it's it's out a weird place also business wise because like for me a huge thing i've been doing is i've been booking a lot of bands uh as an agent in mm-hmm. venues across canada and into the u.s now recently wow um, nice with uh and even like recently I saw an article from rolling stone about how thousands of venues in the U S are about to close because they are not viable. And so even for like on the business side things, this is all kind of a trickle down effect, I think, which is going to be the venue capacities are going to be limited, obviously for the first chunk of time, which means the amount of money generated from a show is going to be limited, which means the venues can make less money. The bands are going to make less money. The agents are going to make less money. Everyone's going to make less money. And so it's like, we're also going to see a lot of fallout from industry about like people who are going to back out because they aren't making the money that they used to and can't afford it anymore. Does that that concern you at all? Or do you think that we're going to overcome this?
0: Well, it's definitely concerning. Like, uh, I think that goes without saying, it's, it concerns me greatly. Like I, I wish that, you know, um, things were different, but alas, this is the time and place we're in. Um, So I'm definitely worried that more things will close. And I hope that you know, not too many more venues close or have to close um, due to this epidemic. But um, I feel like that eventually things will get better. And I just have hope that things will eventually kind of, you know, rebound and hopefully get to a place, you know, maybe we can build to a place that's better than before and learn from our mistakes. Because obviously, normal wasn't good enough so yeah
1: uh like a lot of uh, a lot of people that i'm seeing online like i've seen a couple of bands do this and i've seen said the whale do like an online concert where they're selling tickets cool uh, Someone i work with rory tyone he uh yeah yeah his EP, he announces upcoming record release show and he's doing it online through side door a wonderful company there that's so awesome think that, that also might possibly be the um, where we might be going in the future like venues might start live streaming at venues a bit more definitely
0: yeah yeah yeah, definitely if if anything this this has shown us how horrible our technology for like banding together without being in person is you know like i think that's the next major step that people are going to really hunker down on is develop these technologies further and to you know like um mitigate or eliminate the lag between different people trying to like you know group up on lives or something or have Three people in a live you know like things things that are like so weird to think of now um that will be changed in the future and i feel like um that might become a new norm uh in, a, in like a new platform for bands to explore
1: yeah there's definitely a lot of potential for what can happen it's just depending on what happens in the next few months it, it'll determine how much longer things will take because eventually things will get back to normal you are right with that but it's it's all about how they're going to get back to normal and when they're yeah. going back to normal. And yeah, we're kind of all still up in the air about this. Yeah, totally. So obviously, you guys started from wasted space, small venues, and you're all the way up to doing arenas and stuff like that. What mm-hmm. what advice do you, does the do you have for the younger bands that are coming up, especially? dealing with something like this? Like what what is advice that you can pass on to help people move up?
0: So young bands that are dealing with the advent of COVID? Mm -hmm. Um, Well, I mean stay home obviously, Um, work on your musical skills and just woodshed honestly. Like don't stop playing, learn every day. Expand your, your your wealth and knowledge and allow it to grow and You know that's really the best you can do in this time other than that it's just um you know once this is over it's uh play a lot of shows get out of your hometown play cities around your hometown and further and just branch out
1: wonderful advice uh if anyone in chat still wants to uh, chime in with questions we still have a couple minutes here feel free to do that uh, a couple of people commenting on, all right, I want to see a crown land show in VR now.
0: Uh, <clears throat> that could be VR sick, but I agree. Uh, she the Wild definitely nothing compares to live music. That's the thing you feel it in your chest, right? And you feel it in your soul, and it's like it's a tangible thing when you're in a live concert. That live experience is what so many people crave, and you can't really duplicate that unless you had like some weird technology strapped onto you or something. <laughs>
1: Like uh, what was on Ready Player One where they're wearing like the full body suits and they can feel uh, yeah yeah. Feel different things. yeah
0: yeah just put on your concert suit, sit down,
1: chill out. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Well, Cody, this has been wonderful. It's been wonderful to see you, catch up with you. Yeah. Likewise, okay. Matt. It's, it's well. awesome. Uh. From oh, M- <laughs> Wild Rose 9, what are your favorite kind of pancakes?
0: <laughs> equestrian pancakes, Matt? Mike Equestrian Pancakes, Mike Equestrian. Um, yeah. If you must know, I mean, I'm not gonna get go into detail because he knows goddamn well what that means. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, Cody, always, uh, talking, always uh, here. Uh, what what's next for you during quarantine?
0: Um, well, I'm just gonna keep continuing down this path. I've been actually picking up guitar, which is pretty sick. So, I just um pick it up every now and again and learn something new which is awesome it's new territory for me um singing is an everyday thing meditation is an everyday thing i go to the rapids there's rapids where i'm quarantining which is sick um and i just kind of like chill there and just work on uh my inner peace and all that beautiful stuff
1: actually I a uh, a little while back i got into meditation as well because of you because you uh no way showed me and it actually helped me quite a lot get through uh, oh wow so I, I gotta say that's thanks.
0: amazing
1: yes that actually helped me and made me oh man process things a lot differently and look at things a lot differently and be more open to things so i actually want to thank you for that uh oh, exposure.
0: <laughs> i'm freaking humbled thank you so much that's <laughs> that's amazing i'm so glad to hear that it's had such a positive effect in your life like it's super transformational stuff
1: it really it really is it really is Cody, who are three acts that people should check out?
0: Three local acts?
1: Could be local, could be bigger. Your call.
0: All right, all right, all right. So um, you're going to want to check out King Gizzard if you haven't yet, because you're sleeping if you haven't. Um, And um, other than that, I think that um, there's some really cool stuff in in the Australian psych scene in general. I'm a big fan. Um, The Babe Rainbow, also really cool. Eventually, if you can, you know, sometime... Uh, catch a show sometime in Rival Sense because they're fucking dope and they rock.
1: <laughs> well, There's Cody's three picks. I want to thank everybody who joined the chat today. Cody, thank you for taking the time to join me. Next Thanks for week, having me. Next week, I got another three a chat with Matt coming up. I'll be joined by legendary producer Brian Moncars. Uh, on the Monday, on Wednesday, Jeff Ojeda of Phase Management. He works at the Lack Classic as well as a couple other bands. And then Friday will be a person that Cody and I are very familiar with. Leon Harrison of The Lazies.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: And of, uh, recently, his new venture, Bandwagon, with Artist Mentorship. So we're going to talk to him about all that. But we have a great full week next week, and I'm very excited about that. But anyway, right this will be the end of episode 18. Cody, my friend, thank you again. It's always wonderful. Thanks again, Matt. To. We will go yeah, and man. hang out and play video games on this Sullivan. Please, yes. <laughs> all right, everybody. Take we'll see care. you next week. Peace.